listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom McLean. I'm Tom Lang. And we've got Isaac in our headphones, fact-checking and actually hooking us up with some pretty good deals on the price of carbon. Don't tell anyone, guys, but uh, if you want to <laughs> shoot us an email, we'll be able to hook you up with some bloody sweet profits. Am I right? We are offsetting like crazy over here. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're not actually reducing the amount of carbon we're emitting. We're not pulling any out of the sky. And in actual fact, in real terms, we are massively increasing the amount of carbon mm. we're putting into the atmosphere. Yeah. I'm but- just burning a bunch of coal in my apartment, but guess what, guys? I promise I'm going to build a big forest in the desert. It's going to be beautiful. I was going to say, not yeah. even that, but we are profiting from it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're all good. <laughs> the short-term profit I'm making off of this small fire in my apartment is massive. And I've promised that while McLean is burning this coal, I'm not going to mow my lawn. And so <laughs> that is grass that is taking in... Carbon. Look, before we get into the actual story we're going to talk about, just broadly speaking, I'm so fucking sick of all of this, like, when we're talking about, like, you know, going to green energy and the transition away from fossil fuels and all that sort of shit. When people are talking about, like, oh, the the profits, though, we are worried about, you know, it's going to cost us all this money. And, like, I know, McLean, especially, you hear that so fucking often. But, like, can we think for a minute about profits in a slightly longer term than right fucking now. Please. Well, ooh, ooh, they do that. They do that. But it's interesting <laughs> because if you ooh, start ooh. if you start taking into account um, the impacts of climate change on your business, then it becomes very clear that the if if you keep doing the bad thing, then the world will end anyway. And then it doesn't matter. So they're like, so just assume that if the world ends, then it doesn't matter. Uh, and if the world doesn't end, then you, 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 you know, your fossil right. fuel business is not going to make money. So may as well try to make as much money as possible. Fuck Do it. the high risk investments because you're not modeling quality of life. You're only modeling profits. Yeah. Also, if the world ends, then our profits will drop to zero, but. So will the profits of our competitors. <laughs> so, relatively speaking, we're still doing very well. <laughs> also, here's, here's my long-term projections, right? Is I'll burn a lot of fossil fuels, right? Irreparably fuck up everything and then pivot into being like a military-industrial refugee imprisonment complex and make a second bank. Exactly. <laughs> because you've already got all the money from ruining the world. You've got a head start. In starting that, like, bunkers and canned goods yeah. industry. Guys, why not? I'm starting to think that economics was a mistake. Mm. <laughs> but it's not, because the beauty of economics is because numbers are imaginary and we control the real world with numbers. We can use imaginary numbers to fix the problem. <laughs> well, Carbon why credits. We? Carbon <laughs> credits. <laughs> but with- <laughs> Temper your enthusiasm, math nerds. We're not going to talk about <laughs> X plus I. <laughs> We're going to talk about Angus Taylor oh, oh, and no. how he's shuffling <laughs> numbers around and just- <laughs> Lang, you probably know more about this than anyone on the pod. Is what he is doing, like, illegal or just immoral? It's probably not illegal. I mean, nothing nothing Angus Taylor does is illegal because he makes the laws. <laughs> yeah, we're not in a position to say that on the podcast. I'm sure that he follows the law very closely, much like the federal court, you know. <laughs> there are allegations of illegality, but it's become quite clear right. that even if they were to be illegal, there would be no consequences for uh-huh. him because he's in the government. Um, so it doesn't matter. 
But the point being, the stuff he's doing is dumb as hell. And uh, the way you can tell is because um, Angus Taylor and the coalition government are involved with it. (laughs) That's the the smoking gun right there. (laughs) They've said, here's a coalition government project to fix the environment. And then everything after that is going to be a lie. Sponsored by fossil fuels. Specifically, the lie in this case is the idea that the emissions reduction fund uh, works, mm. or that like, carbon <laughs> offset credits uh, useful. Uh, a, a whistleblower, Professor Andrew McIntosh, who used to be uh, the uh, chair of the Emissions Reduction Assurance Committee, uh, he he left that and uh, just recently has said. Yeah, it's fucked. It doesn't do anything. It's a scam. Uh, basically, yeah, it's it's the, the emissions reduction fund has come out. It's wasted more than a billion dollars of public money on projects that uh, don't actually reduce net emissions, according to a detailed uh, new expert analysis. Uh, the the quote from Andrew McIntosh. Payments are being made to people to not chop down forests that were never going to be chopped down to grow forests Fucking that are already there. And to grow forests in places that will never sustain permanent forests. Fuck me, Dad. The whole thing's a fucking joke. This whole offsets thing, and this keeps coming up, is... It's really bad. Carbon offsets, um, environmental damage offsets, um... It's, and it's it's pretty obvious why it's bad, but in case you haven't looked into it too much, there's examples come up like, Oh, we want to extend the airport in Sydney... Ah, uh, but the area we want to extend the airport into is important habitat for this friggin' frog or bird or something that is endangered. Oh, boo-hoo. Um, but what we'll do is, yes, we will bulldoze 10,000 acres there, but we'll, we'll pick another 10,000 acres of forest somewhere else and promise not to bulldoze that. Yeah. Offsets. What we'll do is we'll bulldoze the little local habitat and we'll go out into the fucking outback and we'll put up a little sign that says endangered species welcome. Yeah. Don't <laughs> bulldoze, okay. please. It cancels um, out. Yeah, it's not even, to be clear, it's not even we will build 10,000 acres no. of a different forest somewhere else. It's just, see that forest there? We won't do that. And then the government goes, oh, well done. Have some money. And you'll notice that if you took that to its logical conclusion, what it is, because every area that you bulldoze, you promise to reserve another area, is you're saying we're allowed to bulldoze those half the habitat yeah yeah um (laughs) but (sighs) they're not even doing that because what they find sometimes is they offset two different projects with the same bit of habitat they go, you've already offset something else with this forest. And they go, oh, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the, the main consequence there, is they're constantly getting found out. It's just like, right, so Santos and bloody uh, Adani, and, or what are they called now, Bravos, uh, we're both just not going to chop down this tree. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, cool, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. Just this vision of Australia that in like, you know, 25 years, there's just one acre of pristine forest in the middle of Victoria and everything else is a wasteland. But we've just got all these international companies being like, we won't touch that bit. That's a nice bit of forest. I think that's optimistic. Oh, I don't think it's going to be located in Victoria. Uh, well, no, you're <laughs> the right. Victorian Labor government <laughs> loves to chop down pristine forest. That's because it. that's the thing. You have these protected bits of offset habitat where we're like, well, we're definitely not going to chop that out. And then some friggin' nerd is like, oh, hey, there's coal under here. And everyone goes, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, we said we weren't gonna, but it's a long weekend. And I think we all deserve a little treat. 
A little bit of coal as a treat. Well, the thing with Vic Forest is they don't even need to be like, oh, hold on a second, there's coal in this forest, because what they do do is they say, hold on a second, there's wood in this forest. (laughs) Yes, we chopped it down, but the regulator said it was okay. There's jobs in this here wood. Get out of the way. Now, the regulator, after uh, Andrew McIntosh left, Mm. uh, was replaced uh, by Angus Taylor. Well, not replaced by Angus. Angus Taylor uh, made the decision to replace him uh, with David Byrne. Who, uh, before the, being the chair of the Emissions Reduction mm. Assurance Committee, uh, was of course a fossil fuel lobbyist. Oh. Uh, <laughs> who knows we- better? I yeah. also believe he continues to be a carbon capture lobbyist, um, or he was last time we talked about him in episode fifty-five, which we will link you in the notes. It's a good episode. <laughs> I also want to hit the response uh, to the the whistleblower revelations, uh, the response from the clean energy regulator. <laughs> the article just says, uh, the clean energy regulator, which registers and regulates these projects, dismisses the allegations as completely false. Oh. <laughs> That's cool. their response. <laughs> no, the, we're the not. Who used to be the chair of the fucking group? It's like this doesn't work. It's all a mess. A bunch of experts are like, "Yeah, this is fucked," and the clean energy <laughs> regulator's like. Maybe not though, huh? What? Nah. <laughs> this is it's the it's the Ben Robert Smith defense. Where everyone comes out and they're just like, "This is fucked. You've done a fucked thing." Is perfectly in line with your character. There's so much evidence behind it, and he's like, "Have you considered that you're making it up though?" Mm. <laughs> what if you're all crazy? Yeah, maybe you're the one who's lying. I simply deny that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then, okay right. <laughs> but this is the thing: is that that fucking works? Like, why wouldn't the clean energy regulator do that when they've we've seen ten years of the Liberal Party just going no to things, mm. and yeah. then and then what, what, where's the follow up? What happens? Yeah. Oh, I've got all look at look at my fact based and evidence based approach to this. When someone just goes yes, but I don't give a fuck, and they go yeah. oh well, I guess Angus Taylor's come out saying. What the fuck are you going to do about it? Yes. Angus Taylor just comes out. He's like, on one hand, mountain of evidence and a bunch of experts. (laughs) On another hand, they seem to be shrugging their shoulders. I don't know who to believe. (laughs) Angus Taylor just kicks sand in the face of the Australian public. (laughs) What are you going to do, big guy? (laughs) (laughs) Angus Taylor calling voters big guy and big fella (laughs) and handing out how to vote cards that just have him giving the finger on it. (laughs) I know my electorate cunt. Vote for me. Yeah, vote one, fuck you. People are like, you know what? I respect it. He says it like it is. <laughs> I'm a dirty piggy. I, <laughs> I deserve nothing better. Thank you, Mr. Taylor. I don't know what's happening in his electorate. I don't want to. <laughs> Not my business. I should be clear, actually, because I made a bunch of analogies before talking about um, the like habitat offset stuff where they say they're going to chop down an acre in. They don't chop down another acre. This is is mostly talking about carbon offsets, which fundamentally works the same way and is broken the same way. Um, and it does generally involve people saying, I'm going to grow a forest. I'm not going to chop a forest. But this is about allowing people to burn coal. Um, I'm going to burn a lot of coal over here, but that's okay. I'm going to buy some credits of this other guy who says he's not going to chop down a forest. And the no. end result there is... He already wasn't going to chop down that forest and I'm allowed to burn a lot of coal. But so the distinction is, though, that when the in the Gillard government, my understanding of it, and feel free to correct me, you're a science guy. Oh, okay, I'm not a politics guy. <laughs> no, 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 but I just mean that during the, during the Gillard yeah. years, the uh, emissions in Australia did go down because the way that they capped mm. the credits was such that 
we we had a limited amount of credits in this country for companies to buy, so it was in everyone's financial interest to bring their emissions down. So yeah, the big polluters kept fucking polluting, but overall there was only X amount of carbon to go into the atmosphere, <laughs> so everything eventually did go down, and under the Gillard uh, pricing scheme, our emissions started to go down. And so when Abbott got in, they got rid of the the tax. They kept these carbon uh, credits mm. in place, but just un- they opened it up and just went, yeah, right. you know all that stuff that was bringing down emissions? Don't worry about that. Just swap around these imaginary dollars. I have no idea, Mitch. You've just sprung carbon <laughs> cap credit tax costing. Mr. Lang, I put it to you that the Gillard <laughs> government... <laughs> I, <laughs> the- <laughs> I'd, I'd have to go do some research. I have a hunch it's a totally different scheme. Um, because one of them, one of them is, was, was like a, a thing that polluters had to pay. I'm not sure about this one. This is, is, uh, look, honestly, I don't know, Mitch. I'd have to go and read things for 15 minutes. I I think there's something to be said for how the, 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 there's like all these different, like, schemes that have sort of been put forward with like all these different nuances around like oh this one you know we have a, a sort of set amount of, of credits that we can buy and this one has like uh, you know we're offsetting carbon by uh, uh, reserving different areas and that sort of thing where the sort of the actual fact of what's happening is incredibly simple mm. which is when you burn fossil fuels yeah it puts carbon into the atmosphere in a way that's really really difficult to mm. take out and any sort of amount of accounting doesn't change that at all Mm. well the only thing that changes is is if you've got a disincentive if you're punishing polluters that's what i mean is like the the the, whatever sort of happens in the machinery that leads into it if you burn some coal Mm. now there's some carbon and the climate crisis is worse now and like there's you know there's a you can sort of color in the sort of layers above that with as many different crayons as you want the sort of the thing underneath it of if you burn fossil fuels, it makes carbon and we die is permanent and unchanging, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the whole fucking thing, I think, is just, like, ridiculous, right? Like, the, the fact that we need to get into the weeds or the fact that we even feel the need to get into the weeds of, like, how does this offset scheme work versus this offset scheme No, is it, a bit of a red herring, right? I'm not getting into the weeds, they're, they're two totally different kinds of things because one of them is a disincentive and the other one is that thing the Pope does where you pay him and he says you didn't sin. Like, <laughs> Paying for like absolution. When- <laughs> <laughs> Someone going up to Angus Taylor, speaking in Latin, Angus Taylor dabbing him on the forehead, yeah. go forth, emit. What's, what's the <laughs> word exactly for that exactly right. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, oh, what is it? Uh, uh. Indulgences—that's Indulgences. the one. Isaac, Isaac jumping in with the Catholic law. <laughs> McLean and I well ever out of our depths with the with the Christianity. <laughs> Isaac coming in as the trad cat, hitting it hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that just literally is it though. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, this bit of carbon that we're putting into the atmosphere. This one, if we all agree that it doesn't count, mm. then you know we're our green. grandchildren will be like. That one was fair enough, though. They did it, that one didn't count as the sort of sky turns black and the 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 sort of mm. the ground is you know, toasting toast. Like, yeah. And so this is this is greenwashing because a lot of companies and a lot of products will say this is zero carbon or zero net carbon or something. Yeah. You know, Qantas will Mm-mm. sell you flights and say this is carbon offset flights. Um, you know, you buy a, a product and they go, oh, we're carbon offsetting all our products. That's what this is. 
they're buying carbon credits that are going to someone who said they'll grow a forest or who said they've got an area of farmland which is designated carbon taking in. It doesn't work. And this comes up in power buying a lot. Um, mm. We've talked about switching your power companies and you absolutely should switch your power companies to a good one if you haven't already. PowerShop is owned by Shell. Switch out of PowerShop. But... There's two different important kinds of fuzzy-wuzzy green-feeling power that function distinctly. One of them is when you offset it. Carbon offset power is doing this, and I don't recommend that. The other is green power. Um, that's the one I would recommend you get. It's still not perfect, but the difference is green power makes sure your money goes to renewables. Um, carbon offset means your money goes to a coal company and then some other money goes to a carbon offset. <laughs> I do. I remember, <laughs> I think we might have even talked about it on the pod fucking years ago. There was mm. a, a report that came out that was just like, we tried to track down three different carbon offset companies <laughs> to see exactly where it went, and we couldn't fucking find the end result. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just... And McLean, you talked about it as well with, you know, getting into the weeds and all this sort of shit. There is a fundamental principle that we cannot burn more coal. That's just it. Yeah. All of this extra shit on top of it is not only there to enrich people, but it is deliberately fucking complicated. If you, if you want to go mm -hmm. back to hear about how fucked this is, episode 20, we did What's the Go with Angus Taylor, oh where we God. go into all the different <laughs> shell companies of shell companies of shell companies with their bullshit complicated exactly. names. And they're doing it all the way down. It's not turtles. It's fucking dumb names for companies all the way down. It's, this, it's a tax dodge, but for carbon. And these yeah. carbon offset projects don't run on how much carbon they actually offset because you can't measure that not well you can't read a forest and go oh there's this much carbon i guess we've got this much carbon offset money no they just pick an area of land or they plant a number of trees they get their money and then they hope for the best but it doesn't really matter whether those trees live or die because they've already planted them and you've already bought your plane ticket just picturing yeah. that to prove how much carbon the forest has collected you have to cut it down and like fucking investigate all the trees <laughs> yeah see look at all the carbon and one more thing is like mclean keeps saying once you've put your fossil fuels up into the air, no amount of fucking about with trees will fix that because the carbon in trees is not permanently stored. It becomes part of the carbon cycle. So it's going up and down every time that tree grows or dies. <laughs> and all you're doing is reforesting a chunk of Australia that had been deforested maybe a hundred years ago to build farms on or whatever. Yeah. So at best, you're making up for the carbon emissions of that deforestation process before we even get to fossil fuels. The only way to take carbon out of the atmosphere is to fucking conduct a hundred million years of evolution of dinosaurs and then hit them with a comet. <laughs> They're not, yeah, anyway. They but, are but trees, but how yeah. long how long is that process? I'm not a science guy. <laughs> how long is that process though, Lane? Could that be potentially not my problem if we just Which, <laughs> which process? <laughs> the planting of the trees and like the yeah, cuz the the trees store carbon but eventually they put it back into the cycle. But if that's yeah. like 75 years away. That's fucking ages. Yeah. I mean, it's just... That's the Barnaby Joyce defense. They're going to hang on to that carbon until the next time they're killed by a fire or a flood. Mm. Uh, which is, how long is that going to be? Uh, 500 that, years? Uh, and that's no, like one in a hundred years, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I did hear a really good thing, scientists talking about that one in a hundred year thing that mm. really just reframed it. as just like, stop 
saying it's a one in yep. 100 year event. It's just a 1% chance that it'll happen. And we no, keep rolling the dice and it just keeps coming up more. And if anyone's played a fucking D&D or an RPG, you know how often a 1% chance comes up. F- fucking stop with that anyway, please. This um, one, 100 year thing makes it seem like, well, we've done that. We don't have to worry for 100 years. <laughs> That's a good point. It's almost like that talking point was pushed by a conservative government. Um, there's <laughs> it my- is like that. My stance on this is that anytime you hear the word unprecedented or one in 100 years or one in 500 years, just mentally replace that in your listening and in your speech with caused by climate change. Uh, whenever anyone says this is an unprecedented event, they say this is an event caused by climate change. Whenever they say this is a one in 500 year flood, they say this is a flood caused by climate change. If everyone in the media did that, we would all understand that these were caused by climate change. Doesn't quite go for one in 100 year pandemic, but... Doesn't it though? <laughs> well, I reckon. I reckon those bats came from somewhere. <laughs> but so there was an issue as well. I remember, like you know, no, ten right. years ago, where even like the scientists themselves, some mm. of them paid off, but some of them wanting to be careful because their field yeah. isn't about communication, saying it's very hard to draw a connection between one yeah. weather event and the climate changing as a thing. And, like, now we just, like, that's obviously a very good thing for conservatives and fossil fuel interests to latch onto. So, they've run with Mm. it well after they need to. But, like, at this point, the idea that we're still pretending that, well, we can't say that the Lismore floods that just happened Mm -hmm. are directly caused by climate change. It's like, we can. The climate is so big and so overarching that all of it is affected. Every single weather event is influenced by climate change in a bad way. You just can't not have it influenced in the same way. Here's the thing. Scientists don't actually say that anymore. Um, because, And that was just a problem of context collapse because scientists are like, I'm talking to a, a body of my peers here, right? I'm going to use scientific mm. language. And then- <laughs> Andrew Bolt sneaks in. <laughs> the, the curtains roll back and you're on deal or no deal. And they go, you've said our word of the day. <laughs> Speaking of really fucked up media. <laughs> this uh, Well, it's not quite about the media just yet, right? So the actual news that is good is that more protesters have been using their physical bodies to tie up fossil fuel operations. Mm. That's that's rad. That's we don't need to get into how David Kosh is a dickhead just yet. Let's <laughs> talk about Blockade Australia. They've run 10 actions this week, tons more planned. They're suspending themselves over rail lines. They're climbing themselves up on... Cl- they're climbing themselves. They're climbing cranes. <laughs> you know, they're, they're basically getting into ports and rails that are shipping fossil fuels around and shipping other stuff around. There's a lot of freight mm. that is uh, then, once they've you know tied that process up, ties up fossil fuels down the track. They're disrupting these freight operations. They're just gumming up the economy. Gumming up the economy uh, in a way that, you know, <laughs> costs the fossil fuel companies lots and lots of money. Uh, that is insanely sick. Mm. That rules. It's it's also, it's not even, like, necessarily targeting fossil fuels specifically, um, but it is, it's kind of doing the thing of, hey, this is disruptive. Oh, what? This kind of sucks when major infrastructure is, is impacted by climate change. Imagine if this wasn't just a personal poll. Imagine if this was a fire or a flood or whatever, and you couldn't just be angry at one person. Maybe you should do something to avoid that. That as well. But it is also specifically the thing of like, hey, if you stopped with all the coal imports, we'd leave. And so yep. that puts pressure from other businesses as well. Like, you know, people- trying to ship in consumer yeah. goods or whatever else yeah. or, or stuff for wind farms and shit. Like, hey, 
Adani, like Bravos, Adani, whatever the fuck. You're in the way. You're ruining our fucking business. It's legitimate. And that's what protest has always been forever as well. Yeah. If you're like if you're running an international logistics company and this keeps happening, you're like, all right, so which port should we use for this thing? Oh, that one does fossil fuels as well. That's going to get mm. disrupted by fucking activists. Can we just use this one instead? We don't have to worry about it. Now that port's losing money mm-hmm. because of fossil fuels like yeah. that's that's the sort of the equation that the activists are injecting themselves into yeah. that say if you're dealing with fossil fuels your shit's now more annoying mm. <laughs> yeah legit like more annoying translates to billions of dollars in profits lost but the fundamental thing in the boardrooms are just like oh this is so fucking annoying <laughs> that's yeah. the thing these fucking pieces of shit can lose a billion dollars they're they're very yeah. wealthy. Yeah. These are multi-multi-billion dollar companies. They drop a billion Yeah, just dollars. in profits. The executive's mm. not like, oh, no, I can't afford rent anymore. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's that's going to happen the C- ever. The CEO that rents still. I just like the area. Yeah. I can't afford to buy <laughs> Northside. How am I supposed to afford my insulin now that the... the- <laughs> that's not happening. It's annoying to them. That's the maximum impact that these things have on fossil fuel exchanges. It's a pretty good point. When you blockade a port or protest one of these things, nobody dies. Nobody <laughs> dies. Mm-hmm. But climate change, lots of people die. Yeah. Well, if Koshi had his way, <laughs> one person would die. So- <laughs> You're not even wrong. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. This cunt, I swear this- to fucking God. Piece of shit. So, <laughs> why do we hate Koshi so much? Hey, have you paid attention to Australian media any time in the last 10 years? Why do you think we hate Koshi so much? He fucking sucks. So, but specifically, very specifically. Uh, so, one of the activists, Emma Dodge, went on sunrise uh, while hanging from a pole over a port, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, mm. the, 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 the way that she was spoken to, not particularly cool, but just having, like, oh, our next caller is just currently involved in, this, like, the, the disruption of operations of a... Of a of yeah, a, I thought that was pretty of sweet. A logistics port. That's actually pretty rad. I, I quite like that. Um, but Koshi, uh, who, for the international listener, is a fucking dickhead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's just a morning TV host. He does know. this daggy dad thing. Usually mm-hmm. he's quite unobjectionable, um, but he just didn't <laughs> take his boomer pills today. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, basically he, in interviewing her, he, he didn't share our take on the action. <laughs> <laughs> we have a difference of opinion to this than David Kosh of Sunrise, you could say. <laughs> he he had questions for Emma. Uh, like, what gives you the right to decide to make people late for work or like getting to a hospital or school just because you're like- ranty about something? She was blocking a freight uh, <laughs> port, like not uh, a civilian <laughs> transport in the first place. But... Her response was that she was disrupting the operations of the economy, which is the only thing that is going to stop fossil fuels, because we've seen that the government is not going to do that and is not interested in doing that and is interested in not doing that. Uh, So actually messing with shit is, I think, the only Hmm. possible way that this is going to happen. She tries to make that point, and he just can't get it, won't get it, doesn't like it. I think doesn't like it is a big thing. He, He just got all these little lines. Yeah, he, <laughs> the freight you're disrupting. Don't people rely on that? What? Here's a gotcha question, though. Coal, we mm. currently rely on it. Mm. So <laughs> isn't what you're doing bad? 
was like, you fucking idiots. And the thing is, well, he consistently says, no, I get it. No, I understand. Oh, yeah. no. Excuse me, honey. We do know these things. Then ask the question, like, don't we rely on it? It's like, yes, fuckhead. The point is that we rely on it currently. <laughs> we are trying to not rely on it. Oh, but mm. I get it, though. His thing of... Of, of, of just like, yeah, we all agree that climate action's necessary. Yeah. So why are you doing this, though? It's like, yeah. this, David, is climate <laughs> action. <laughs> this is what it looks like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, we all agree we need to do something. Okay, and nothing's happening, David Koch. Um, and clearly you're not getting anything to happen, so how do we make something happen? He, he says- Then what have you done? He says what he has done, and he says, no, for the oh, last 15 yeah. years, the, the, the conversation has been changing, communities have been changing, and here on Sunrise, we've run annual, like, stories about- We've had the Cool the Globe <laughs> yeah, campaign. The, we've yeah, had an initiative at that, Sunrise talking about it. As like. That, well, it's Lying. done. Fuck all, man. You know, we've had Call the Globe campaigns for 15 years here on Sunrise. That line made my head immediately double in size like I was playing Goldeneye. It was amazing. We agree that climate action is necessary for the last 15 years we have been running the Call the Globe campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, has it helped? Mm-hmm. David Kosh? Incrementalism wins again. Yeah, really well, because if you look under the under the Gillard government, emissions went down a little bit, and then we've spent 10 years looking at that going, please give us credit for that. So, <laughs> incrementalism works really well. We're, we're getting rid of carbon emissions without me, David Kosh, personally having any issues whatsoever yeah. and keeping my cool job. We've yeah. spent 15 years raising awareness of climate, <laughs> and then the young people who have been in an atmosphere of constant awareness raising have started doing something about it and here i am saying no can't you just stick to raising awareness so that as the world descends into hell everyone knows it's happening but they also know not to do anything about it yeah i actually looked up the cool the globe campaign um all right yeah because (laughs) you can't just take their word for this i just assumed it was shit yeah assume no longer it's shit because it was it was sponsored by Origin Energy, um, and so it's basically like, hey, let's talk about your personal carbon footprint, your energy use, your car travel. This is why David Koch has such poor understanding of the systemic <laughs> issues behind climate change is because he's been spouting this propaganda of individual consumption. How can you offset these emissions? What about buying carbon credits? <laughs> That sounds familiar. Or signing up to Origin Energy's green gas, which is carbon offset. So, full circle, baby. Fuck, though. Just the the idea of, like, we've been raising awareness on this for 15 years. Yeah, and you have zero awareness. Like (laughs) Now all these protesters are really worried. Why? What the fuck? Uh, We're already raising awareness. She had a bee in her bonnet, Mitch. A whole bee in her bonnet. Oh, climate change is going to be in your bonnet. We agree that climate change is important. This is David Koch. We agree. (laughs) We're on the same page here. And then, in the same fucking breath, he describes the climate crisis as a bee in her bonnet. Yeah. Like, I, he clearly uh, yeah, does not uh, care. I obviously am across the fact that if we keep burning fossil fuels, the entirety of human civilizations, ex- you know, like, it, 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 it is, is basically doomed. 
but what gives you <laughs> the right to do this? Why are you doing this? Like, you, you just fucking said, bro. <laughs> I don't think that justifies peaceful <sighs> protest. Okay. I think that's gone a little too far. But then, as we said, peaceful protest does justify murder in David Kosh's <laughs> fucked brain. Um, what if the authorities there just clip the rope? Are you a good swimmer? You've only got water uh, below you there. That would be a pretty <laughs> soft landing. I know how to swim. Oh, there and, you go. Um, Beauty. Let's be real specific about why we are going in on David Kosh, the man. Not the mm. commentator or his comments, but just like David Kosh, the person who <sighs> lives in the same fucking country as us. He was such a fucking a vile piece of shit to this young woman. I think it's very important to point out that she was a woman because I don't think David Kosh would talk to a young man like this. I just get the feeling that the tone of voice he would take would be slightly different if it wasn't a 20-something young woman who, like, doesn't dress the way he thinks is appropriate. He also, when she mentions, she calls it so-called Australia up top, and you just know he bristled at that. And he was like, (laughs) oh, bloody, here we go. Bloody young kids and the women and the, the piercings and all. That's the thing, though, because I think that his tone was disrespectful for the entire interview. But then when he pivots into fantasizing about murdering her, which is what he did, he's fantasizing about her death. He's Mm. like, you're a bit annoying. What if you died, though? huh? Mm. What if what if they wouldn't that be wouldn't that be the right thing for them to do? Like, they'd have a pretty good reason to, to murder you, don't you think? And she's. Like, I guess trying to respond to that, and fair enough. And then after the interview, he just says, I'd clip the rope. Good luck with that. And as I say, I'd just snip the wires, I think. It's ridiculous. Mm. That, that's, that's just it, huh? Yeah. You'd do it. You'd murder her. This, mm. this, this jovial attitude towards hurting or killing protesters, like... To get into just the idea that people like him espouse this idea of loving democracy and loving all these certain things, and then just going, but why should you protest? Even though it's one of the fundamental pillars of our society, hey, what do you think you're doing? Fuck you. But the, to then just go full fucking right-wing commentator with like, huh, can you swim? What if I bloody snip the rope, hey? Huh? Yeah. You are talking about killing someone who is protesting, regardless of what they're protesting about. I don't really think anyone should be killed. You're- Talking about killing someone to the person you're talking about. Yeah, killing. he was like, I reckon you should be injured or die. Um, and it's the kind of attitude that makes you wonder why he was chosen to be a panelist on the Women's Safety Summit last year. But it's just because he also he also talks about like in, in a very intimidating way, which might have been accidental, but talks about like you're disrupting all these people trying to get to work. You shut down streets. Can I have your home address? So when I'm angry about something, I'll go and block your house and stop you walking out and disrupt your life. Can I, I, can I, do, can I do the same thing? For a start, yeah. if she did something to you involving either of your home addresses, Koshi, yes, it's called a fucking protest. You can do that shit. You can stand out the front of her house and yell out things and go, ah, I disagree yeah. with what you've done publicly. That's democracy, fuckhead. 
if she, if she was a major power player in the Australian industry, right? Then maybe. But the way he does it as well, he just consistently shouts at her. He just constantly yells over her in this really condescending, horrible fucking way. Doesn't let her speak. Doesn't let her finish her fucking points. And again, I just do not think he would talk to a young man like this. I've heard men talk like this in fucking mm. you know places I've been that I don't go to anymore. Like, really fucking set me on edge. This whole fucking thing. I. I honestly think that he would talk to a young man like this because this is a. Mm. I'm, I'm going to draw what is perhaps a long bow, but I don't really think it is. I think there's a kind of mentality in this kind of person where uh, this kind of person being David Koch, uh, where they don't see people in particular categories that is like they're sort of not enemies, but like just people who are a bit annoying to them. Mm-hmm. They don't see them as people whose lives are valuable Mm, and the bow that i'm going to draw is that of motorists who swerve to give a scare and or endanger and or kill cyclists yeah right which is a thing that absolutely happens Mm. right any long-term cyclist will know that some motorists are like it's annoying to me that i have to share the road with bicycles yes and so sometimes when i'm overtaking a bicycle i'm gonna i'm just gonna be like oh <laughs> I I have been and clipped by side mirrors. Yeah, from cars. I'm a right. long term cyclist. Like yes, and and that is a thing that comes from a place of not thinking the person on the bike is a person, and if I endanger them while they're sharing the road with high speed vehicles, they might fall off the bike and in some cases die, which does happen. Right, yeah. sometimes the cyclist dies. It's very rare that in a cyclist motorist interaction the motorist <laughs> dies but it's it's much more common that the cyclist dies this is a real thing that happens that comes from a place of them looking at them and not thinking that's a person just thinking that's an annoyance and mm. stopping the thought there and i reckon that's the same thing that was going on with david kosh <clears throat> talking to emma dorge on that interview I, yeah look it's him a- not granting her humanity just thinking this is an annoying phenomenon that's occurring to me and at the other end of that annoying phenomenon, there's no person there that I need to worry about. I would say, I mean, I agree. I think that's the overriding, like, driving factor in David Koch's tone. I would also say, though, that I would not be surprised that a rich white man in the media, mainstream mm-hmm. media of his age, also isn't just a little bit misogynistic as well. Oh yeah, I, I, you can you I can know. you can tack that on the end of it as well. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not misogynistic. I'm saying he's misogynistic. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think we're broadly in agreement. I just I mm, I don't know. I just because I mean I used to watch David Koch all the fucking time for some reason as a teenager. I just I I. It just hit me, like, purely personally, like I said, in, like, you know, blokey bloke mm. ways of how they talk about and to women. That, mm. like, you know, you you are right, though, in that he probably, there is a good chance he may have had a man on in those situations and just gone, ah, oh, fucking hippies, bloody yeah. hippies and, their, and yeah. their shit. If he had a Jeremy Poxon or an unemployed person or a protester or someone who wasn't like him, he, he I think it would be in a different way. He would be yeah. he would be shitty in a different way. I think it would be a different tone, but I think if he was interviewing an activist who was suspended over the the, the river in the same way that Emma was, I, I I fully reckon that he would finish that segment with fantasizing about oh, yeah. murdering that man activist yeah. as well. Yeah, he just like- he just let the man speak before saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think we the one 
line that stuck out to me a lot. Um, there was a was, lot of lines that stuck out. It was really six solid minutes of sticking out. There was so it was. I was flabbergasted because I saw the the thing here and it was like, oh yeah, he's he's been a bit shitty about a protest. And I'm like, okay, well he's dismissed it. No, he like went full in. He said, "All right, Emma, that's enough. We got you on because we just wanted to hear from a pest and what they looked and sounded like." Um, yeah, this is oh, how cool. he sees this person, and this is how he sees protesters. And I'm assuming the whole like student climate march, which happened oh, yeah. like a day oh, yeah. ago. Mm. as pests in the way of his big-ass car getting to work. (laughs) Oh, we all know climate change is important. I'm David Koch. I'm 66. I've lived the best years of my life in the best economic state this country's (laughs) ever seen. I don't see this as a problem because I'll be dead. I've seen the barrier rape. (laughs) I think that there's something there where his car, because he he consistently is like, oh, you know, what gives you the right to, like, make people late to get to hospital? Bringing that up the where he's in traffic, mm-hmm. d- disrupted by a protest, and his first thought is like, that's a bit annoying. And his second thought is, what if I was an ambulance? And then his third thought is, <laughs> I am an ambulance. <laughs> 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 and it's interesting to see who he identifies with. He doesn't identify with the protester. He doesn't identify with people concerned with climate change. He identifies with the traffic and the train and the industry that they are changing. Mm. He sees himself as part of the system as it is that does not want to change, and he doesn't see the risks as enough for him to do anything. I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it back. He ran 15 years of the bloody Call the Planet campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to... That he wouldn't do anything. (laughs) I'm going to bring it back to the top of the podcast. His whole speciality this entire time he's been in media has been economics. Gonna yeah. say, economics is a bit of a bad idea, gang. I don't know if it's working out for us as a, as a species. Because <laughs> he is. He is looking at the entire situation as like, yes, climate change is an issue. However, yeah. we will fix climate change through profit margins and we can't risk profit margins while we fix climate change. Let's get a pest on who's fucking with profit margins. And then mm. you're off to the races. Then you're just thinking about profit margins and the problems with that and people getting late to work. Oh, fuck. And also ambulances, I guess. You don't give a fuck about that. You give a fuck that the barista that you want a coffee from isn't at their fucking workstation mm. when you're there at 5am for your fucking morning show while they're bleary-eyed pouring you some bullshit order, probably. I'm just <laughs> I'm just defaming <laughs> David Koch. David Koch has the worst coffee Potter. order. <laughs> He's waiting for his double hot long black being like, what if I was an ambulance waiting for this double hot long black? What if you were delaying a paramedic? Huh? How would you feel about that? I do have a right to abuse you. <laughs> you know who I am? Idea. I'm Koshy. I'm Australia's dad. I'm Australia's dad ambulance. slash emergency response unit. <laughs> That's so dumb. <laughs> but like, fucking hell, that's so dumb. I, just fantasizing about himself being someone who helps other people. The best yeah. he can do is like, I'm an ambulance. What if I was affected? Then that would be bad. It's like, well, you're not an ambulance. You're a talking head. Yeah. I think that's a little unfair to Kashi there, Mitch. He, he is an ambulance. <laughs> and also, here's the thing. What Kashi understands an ambulance is is uh is some kind of traffic umbrella species. They drive a lot and it's important. <laughs> but and and that's what you you've got traffic 
you've got all the people driving and some of them are ambulances and and he never uses that as like hey maybe people should drive less so there's more room for the ambulances maybe (laughs) you shouldn't have four-wheel drives because the ambulances can't see around them maybe you Mm. should all take the train because then there'll be less car accidents and the ambulances won't be as busy no for some reason he only likes ambulances when they're on the roads (laughs) he only likes ambulances when they're being delayed by protesters when they're like hey can we have pay rises for paramedics and better working conditions get out of here you the right to make a protest (laughs) (laughs) but protesters let ambulances through yeah, they do. <laughs> and she's not blocking an ambulance, she's, so it's obviously not done. Yeah. Also, the thing I wanted to mention is that when he says you're making people late for work. What if we're work? receiving a shipment of ambulances? <laughs> when she's when he says, oh, you're making people late for work, you're making one train driver late for work. Mm. <laughs> it's a largely automated sector. It's not, Yeah, he's also unionised. He gets paid either way. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, that train driver's at work. He's clocking on hours now. <laughs> he's getting overtime. He's fine. Toot toot. Oh, so anyway, yeah. In summation, David Koch, a man yeah. of contrast. But this is not. This is not. We didn't. We didn't want to go in this just because David Koch is a fuckhead, and we haven't talked a about it for six months. Huh? A little. That was a, a big part of it. With his big, big dumb naughty face. I don't um, even believe in climate change. I just don't like David Koch. <laughs> this whole podcast has been leading up to this episode. David Koch is on a show that is mainstream broadcast to the whole fucking country i assume every day in your waiting rooms in your cafes this is tv that the powers that be have decided is fit for everyone to consume Mm. um and the message they are putting out there and endorsing as what is this channel seven Okay, they make some bad decisions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The message they're putting out here is that protesters aren't like you. They're scum. Cut the ropes. Let them drown. And then he finishes his straight-up rant, cools off a little bit, and then Natalie Barr, who hasn't made a peep while he's been just red-faced about this, goes, oh, no, but they've got a bit of a point. And he goes, nah, fuck them. <laughs> and she goes, well, they're going to, at least there's big fines. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't look into her opinions too much, but I'm assuming they're not fantastic. Yeah, I'm assuming they're not fantastic. I think that, like, who knows compared to the sort of, like, odious sort of sphere of gas that's David Koch next to her. Like, it's quite plausible she that did she's not like, push back. you don't need to be fantasising about murdering this woman as you've done live on air next to me. She's already facing the risk of prison time and a very hefty fine. Like, that closing line from her yeah. is plausibly a cool yeah. down Koshy. Yeah. And that's the vibe I got. But if that's the best she can do is, oh, do, do, that's a, come on. Look, she's yeah. going to go to oh. jail, so it's okay. Mate, Co-host, mate, maybe don't fantasise about murdering women live on air next to me next yeah. time. She, she didn't say that. <laughs> she just said, "Oh no, nah, she's th- there's there's punishment in the in the in the waiting for her. You 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 can sort of you, you can slake your bloodlust there a bit, right? You'll be okay. Gross." <laughs> Shoutouts this week. Uh, the Greens have announced a whole bunch of not campaign promises because we're not in a campaign because there's no election. Yeah, there's no yet. campaign in this no, no election. No. So I don't actually know why the Greens have gone about announcing all this stuff, but they're talking uh, about things that they want to do, which is which is good. And they've just announced some really cool shit. Uh, some of the big ones are that they want to scrap student debt 
and at the same time make university and TAFE free. Um, which is is fucking great, and it, it's a really good indication of uh, how quickly the Overton window can move. Which is this idea that like mm. things shift, and you know, you know, right wing ideas gain traction, left wing ideas gain traction, but the centre, what's considered normal, what's considered average, shifts along with it. So fucking you know, twenty twenty plus years ago, nineteen eighty seven to be exact, um, uh, former Liberal Treasurer Joe Hockey was on TV at a protest fighting to keep free education, which he got. Then he goes all the way through Parliament, gets elected, is a Liberal Party member, and hikes up all of the costs of university for everyone. So in 87, that was two years before I was born, university being free was something Joe Hockey was like, this is obviously the normal thing to do. Let's keep it free. It's what everybody had. It was Mm. the status quo. And so the Greens have decided to, to announce this as a... Just a good move um, because the Liberal Party are also <laughs> doing- a sort of traditionalist return to the old ways. <laughs> yeah. mm, the the Conservative days. Green Party have decided yeah. to <laughs> push us back. But like, and it's just, you know, if you want to play the numbers game, it'll cost about $60 billion, whereas we've got these tax cuts coming that are apparently going to cost us $184 billion, though I think it's always worth reminding everyone that that doesn't exist. The money's fake. Government yeah. don't have a big bank account with the X amount of dollars in it. They can I mean, spend on whatever they want. But speaking the, of things that yeah, are fake. The numbers are made up. Speaking of things that are fake, a single nuclear submarine costs more than <laughs> erasing all student debt for the entire country, which is, yeah, you know, the demographic that is most in need of that help. It would have a really huge effect as well on, you know, the housing market, on the like stagnant wages that we've got. When people are not in debt, they can do more with all of their fucking paychecks. It's just a yeah. good move to do. It helps people get out of debt because you fucking yeah. erase it. Another thing that they've announced as well is that they want to put uh, dental care on Medicare, which, uh, fun fact, uh, dental's not on Medicare. So if your teeth are fucked, your teeth are just fucked. Well, and they're that's luxury gross. bones, Mitch. Luxury bones is fucked. <laughs> Fuck you. I've got to take care of my luxury bones because they're not covered. Yeah. That, well, that's the thing with teeth is you don't need them to labour. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's fucked. Um, so them going into an election with all this sort of stuff like gives me hope that we might be able to force a Labor government, if they win, to move slightly towards this. Um, there's also a wealth tax in there. But that's <laughs> that's a happening. wedge, Mitch. That that's is a wedge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let The Labor Party, if nothing else, love getting wedgied. And so yeah. I'm glad that the Greens are announcing some stuff that's to the left flank of the Labor Party. Um, yeah. Like, we need parties out there saying this sort of shit even like, if it's the Greens being absolutely pilloried for it and people like fucking David Koch, probably, saying stuff like, oh, no, they're going to pay for it. And this is pie in the sky <laughs> shit. And this is ridiculous. But like- Kill them all. It needs yeah, to be Murder out. that woman. <laughs> murder the Greens for suggesting we get rid of debt. Debt's what makes an economy. I'm telling you, econo- economics is the bad bit. <laughs> but no, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to shout out a political party announcing the bare minimum. Mm. I think is is really nice to see. It gives mm. me right, the, a modicum of hope. Basic, obvious, obvious shit. thing that university and TAFE should be free. Like these are the, oh hey, you're coming out of high school. You're gonna like opt yourself out of the workforce for a few more years to train yourself up to do something that like is also valuable to society. Like the, the, an educated populace, McLean. Hmm. Yeah, especially I mean, especially TAFE. 
TAFE is a really yeah. fucking good one to yeah. be free because the courses that come out of TAFE are vitally fucking important for society to run day to day. I mean, yeah. the, go- the goddamn government currently is always saying, oh, we're going to train up more people by by giving TAFE grants and stuff. It's like, just make it free. Just make it free, bro. Again, I, I can hear Evie in in my mind screaming about fucking like means testing. Oh, means death. testing. The yeah. Liberal Party do actually, Lang, have a plan at the moment to make some stuff free. And that is if you mm. are a doctor or a nurse and you go regional in certain areas at certain times of the year, then they will erase certain debts. So that's oh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You don't need the greens. Here's the thing. <laughs> if you make it all free, you'll have people bloody screwing the system, going in there, getting two, three degrees, being yeah. extra qualified. We'll have people <laughs> being able to be a plumber and an electrician. That's no, the last no. thing we want. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck. Then the SES that. volunteers will be out of a job. What will Lismore do then? <laughs> Community-based response. Can't trust them. Some actions this week. Uh, just, uh, if you're in Sydney, uh, Blockade Australia, they're doing stuff. Uh, they've got a website and a Twitter. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. They're doing a major action over the 27th of June to the 2nd of July. Um, don't really know the details of that just yet, but yeah, keep your eyes out. There's um, a bunch of um info nights coming up through uh, March and April as well. Obviously link in the show notes about what they're going to be doing, what you can do and all that sort of stuff. So Yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe you could have, uh, you know, a different television host. Maybe, um, what's his name? Carl Stefanovic could uh, fantasize about murdering you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the sky's the limit. Why the stop there? The limit. You yeah. could get any host. Let's get an ABC host fantasizing about murdering a climate protest. <laughs> oh. that's, the, that's, the, that's the extreme climate action we need to see in this country. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe Jennifer Kite will fantasize about <laughs> murdering you. <laughs> <laughs> ah. But no, Blockade Australia do some really fucking good work. Check out their website. Um, if you can get involved in any way, you know, personally, financially, whatever, not economically, um, do what you can. They're fucking, what they're doing is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, change your fucking electricity. What are you doing? God, we keep telling you. <laughs> this is literally the easiest thing. Ah! Guys. <laughs> you fucking idiots. Have you not done it? <laughs> Every one of our listeners that hasn't changed electricity. Pieces of shit. I bet there's none of them. I bet they all have. We are 112 episodes into this fucking project. <laughs> <laughs> they all did it already. And now we're just yelling. <laughs> Play this one clip to someone who hasn't done it. That's your action this week, dear listener. Just blast someone in the face with us yelling nothing. Fuck off! <laughs> but yeah, change change your provider to someone who doesn't own fossil fuel assets and make sure you get green power. That's all. You fucking... <laughs> oh, dear. You've been listening to a pack of idiots who should all be killed. By Koshi. I want Koshi to do it himself. Step on me, Koshi. Koshi, kill me. Step on me, Koshi. (laughs) Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) If you want to rightly send us a message telling us that this is fucked, you can get us on the socials at NotGoodPod and you can email us NotGoodPod at ProtonMail.com. Just consider this the blanket apology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Not good enough was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Uh, we want to pay our respects to their elders and ancestors and acknowledge that this sovereignty was never ceded.